Hey guys, just before we start our Apocalypse Live show, just want to acknowledge that we create and come up with and record this podcast in Mbantua, Alice Springs, and want to acknowledge the Aranda people whose country this is. Okay, we're recording now. I can tell you feel really uncomfortable without the headphones already. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's okay though. I did just realize that I'm wearing the world's loudest fabric in my dress as well. No, you're not wearing the world's <laughs> loudest fabric. When you wore your down jacket that time that we recorded, <laughs> that was when you were wearing the world's loudest fabric for recording. I forgot about that jacket. Yeah, yeah. Every time. You'll remember again <laughs> soon once it starts to get a bit cold again. And we're still forced to record outside because I still have a baby yeah. <laughs> who needs to go to you're sleep just even like though topping, it's a year later. topping that up. Um, this is Apocalypse Live. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Hi there. Thanks for listening. I'm Alex. I'm Heather. And I just realized that we never do the date anymore. So today is the 10th of March. March. Yeah. So we took a brief hiatus because it was both of our birthdays on the 7th. Happy birthdays. To us. Happy birthday to you, Heather. Thank you. (laughs) You're going to say it back to me. Happy birthday, Alex. Thank you. Um... Did you get any presents? You did. You got some recording I did. equipment. I mean, I got presents from you. Yeah, that's true. I got my favorite present. Actually, I've been wearing it all day and I just took it off because I was scared I was going to um, break it. But Heather made me a personalized necklace that says Boo Boo, which is the name given to me by Clancy, her progeny, <laughs> <laughs> which I love so much. It's, it was It's great. like my favorite possession. My favourite thing about getting that present was that um, obviously I got it off the internet on a website where you can go in and like type in whatever you want Mm -hmm. on the necklace. And as you type it in, it like virtually makes the necklace before your eyes so you can see what the script is like going to look like. So I had heaps of fun just typing out like random shit. Did you get to select the font? For it? No, it's all like this sort of just fancy cursive stuff. Yeah. But it's nice to kind of see it in front of you as you're doing it. So you're welcome. Yeah. yeah. I think one of my favorite things was that opening the little package of that present, I just, my brain was like, what? Did you think that I was proposing to you? Because I, I mean, like maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a jewelry box. So I was like, what is going to be in here? And it's like kind of a pretty cheesy looking, yeah, but yeah. I think I can't totally. remember. It has like some message written on it that's like, like loving messages or something. And I was just like, what have you bought me? Yeah. <laughs> and, and it turns it. out it was just the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Thanks, Heather. You're welcome. Yeah, what about you? I got, what did I get? George bought me a box of chocolates, which he ate in its entirety. I didn't have like a single one of those chocolates because That's... they were just in the fridge and he just has way more of a sweet tooth. Than I do so eventually I just found the empty box <laughs> <laughs> That's really That's bad like, form like a box of chocolates makes... is kind of bad form anyway it is yeah. eating them is almost yeah unforgivable see he, he seems like such a nice guy doesn't he but, yeah you know, secretly um, he also got me some flowers <laughs> which were really beautiful and came you know how you order flowers online and you write like you write in the little caption yeah. box, whatever the message is, and then the florist writes, yeah. transcribes your messages onto yeah. the card. Is this going to be like one of those birthday cake mistake <laughs> messages? It wasn't a mistake. It just, for some reason, maybe it's the sleep deprivation brought on by having a small baby, but 
we both thought it was really hilarious. When the card came, it said, um, happy birthday, I love you, from George. But there was, like, really emphatic full stops at the end of every sentence. <laughs> happy birthday, stop, <laughs> I love you, stop, from George? From George. <laughs> from George. Stop. So it was sort of like a really aggressive telegram. <laughs> well, maybe something. that's like it was like, yeah, it was a it was a historical flashback telegram style. <laughs> maybe to prepare you for old age, given that this is the apocalypse of our youth. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Also, uh, speaking of like apocalypses and old age, he brought me a giant wall clock, which I had actually requested. <sighs> and I love having a wall clock. And now I know I'm what so time it is. so curious to know what the definition of giant is <laughs> in this scenario. It's pretty big. Like a meter by a meter? That would be huge. <laughs> it's not that big. But it's called, the, the brand name is Lenny. And because Clancy has just started figuring out how to say all his friends' names, mm. he knows how to say Lenny, who is our four-year-old friend, Lenny Webster Nicholson. And so now he just refers to the clock as Lenny. <laughs> I mean, that's great. It's pretty cute. Anyway, so So now you can watch the time ticking, ticking down slowly. to the edge of the end of the world. Yeah. I mean, a clock is an ominous thing yeah. to give on a birthday, I think. I Sure. I really liked it as a gift. Yeah. But it's definitely better than a box of chocolates. Yeah, that you don't get to eat. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, did it feel a bit like... I mean, it also coincided our birthday with the end of Daft Punk's career. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. So, so many endings. Yeah. I mean, that just made the playlist for birthdays really easy to yeah, select, it did. I think. I guess that kind of made me think, yeah, it definitely made me reflect on youth things and the passing of time. That and- is absolutely a um, symptom of the apocalypse of youth which was really interesting because it led me to realise that they hadn't been split up prior to that. Yes. They definitely had been on, I guess it's sort of like going into retirement and then actually like dying or yeah, something. Yeah, The difference sure. between those things. Yeah, they'd been in the kind of like band room nursing home yep. for some time, unbeknownst to everyone, slightly forgotten, dealing with terrible conditions probably mm. of what we're learning about aged care over this past year. Is anything to go by. But now they're gone. Yeah, now they're gone. But what are you, yeah, did you, are you reflecting a bit on the passing of youth? I am. And I got to say that it's like, yeah, I mean, it's definitely not the most happy thing to reflect on. Mm. And possibly one of the most notable things as ever is just that, that it turns out hangovers do continue to become even worse as time goes on they don't just like i thought that maybe you get to a point where it doesn't get any more worse yeah it's like a salary cap there's like a glass ceiling for it or something it turns out there isn't yeah there isn't yeah which is a bit of a shame yeah anyway what about you any uh um i think um yeah there's a uh, it's such a funny type of sadness isn't it because i mean like in all seriousness daft punk were really meaningful to me for a number of years in my youth. <laughs> um, and definitely, like, going to their live show in 2007 was, like, one of the best nights of my life. And it did make me kind of think, yeah, that that is just a time that's passed and now other people are having their version of that time mm. with whoever Daft Punk is these days. I don't even know who the bands are. Um, not And Nickelback. it's just, like, not Nickelback, no. And that there's, I don't know, it's just a door that kind of closes quietly closes without mm. you realizing until you try to go through it one day and you can't and you break your nose accidentally. yeah and it's sort of like 
it's kind of like Narnia or something where sometimes, you know, when you're young, you go into the closet and then you go into Narnia and you have like a fucking sick time and you come back and nothing has changed. And then mm. like as you when you're old, you go in there and it's like just a wardrobe. You just can't get any more. You don't know the like secret. Oh my God, that's really sad and depressing. I, I hate that analogy. I But I do feel that way. Like I feel like even if I went to a Daft Punk show now, it just wouldn't be the same. But do it you like feel when, like, <laughs> it was like there are different wardrobes that now you go into yeah, and it's like, oh, this wardrobe never used to have anything in the back of it and now, and now like it has a screaming adventure. baby. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> and a weird like sports utility vehicle that I drive now and – yeah, um, that sports utility vehicle does look like it has a really roomy boot. It does have, yeah. I don't know. It's just a strange, it's a strange thing. It's not necessarily about the actions or whatever. It's just about like a moment in time. But it, I was going to say that it reminded me of when I saw New Order play at, I think God, I went I to know. like some terrible doof. I went to a future music. This is right. This is oh. like the first time I ever went to WOMAD when I was still quite young. And after three days of world music, I was like, I'm done with this. I'm just going to like ditch the last day of WOMAD and buy a spontaneous ticket to future music festival cool. and see Skrillex. And that's what I'm going to do. So that's what I did. But New Order played <sighs> there. And I what? love New Order. But it was like I just realized that seeing New Order – in like 2012 when they are like 50 or 60 it's just not the same as if you saw them in the 80s so it's sort of i don't know there's a bit of a feeling of like yeah yeah perhaps reconciliation yeah Yeah. with with that notion of shift and change rather than finite endings yeah yeah which of course is what my obsession with apocalypse is kind of yeah yeah links to so i don't know yeah it's a sadness it's not but you know a reflecting fondly on the time yeah yeah just like thinking of that progression of youthful exuberance to then suddenly discovering that life is quite different now that you have a partner and a baby and a family what i I'm now wondering what that experience of what kind of wardrobe Megan and Harry have just walked into and found themselves at the back of. Because there's Megan definitely obviously an apocalypse going on there as well. In the well. royal family. Yep. Did you like my attempt at trying to like segue? Segway. Yeah. <laughs> but like really, job. really struggling it was to slightly to draw clunky. Some but I look forward to what you can do yeah, with the let's editing. Yeah, let's see what I mean, I'm sorry. I don't think there's <laughs> anything there. But I really appreciated you, like, just going with it, going with it, and having patience for yeah, how feel, clunky that was. I feel really interested in in how strongly I feel a sense of protectiveness towards the Queen. <laughs> Whoa, are you going to get all Piers Morgan? I don't know. <laughs> Perhaps I am, but I've been watching a lot of The Crown recently, and God, it's just such a great show. And I don't think you have watched it not no or I like really. maybe haven't watched it too um i've watched a bit of it to its latest series which i'm on now i'm not a monarchist like you sure yeah i mean i end. was born in the uk there's a certain sense of connection or something and there. nostalgia surely yeah um but she just grows on you after a while queenie is that just because she's performed by by olivia, olivia coleman who is relentlessly charming and lovable yeah she's so great but there's something about i do think that there's kind of like I don't know. She'd always been off-putting to me as being like this really cold person and just kind of like this really like unsmiling sort of representation of this 
kind of outdated institution. But then when you watch the show and you see her in a little living room with her cardi and stuff. And a little, and like, kind of, of like, weird cute shoes. Yeah. And just, you know, just doing her best. Didn't ask for it. Just True. was, like, dumped in the job. Well, how does your newly found connection and affection for Liz, for Liz <laughs> uh, place you in terms of, uh, taking on board the uh, ripple effect of the Oprah interview yeah. with Meghan and Harry, obviously, news event of yeah. the year. It's weird. I do feel like because there to was us a on quote, our birthday. and obviously they sort of made a couple of revelations that were really upsetting and questions about their child and race and things like that, which were just really gross, that apparently had been aspersions that had been cast by members of the royal family. But I think in general, I sort of just felt like, I don't know, I just felt like maybe you're kind of breaking the rules by like talking about this stuff that kind of oh. happens behind palace doors. And I'm just like, nobody ever does that. And yeah, like, but like to what if, I, I feel like the question that I assume Harry and Megan are raising, having paid absolutely no attention to this mm. at all myself, would be to what to what end not well, raising that and obviously and they're, experience of that is to toxic ends sure but then like to what end are they now raising it like what's the purpose Mm. because it is essentially when it comes down to it just like their family stuff they've just got but it's not just their family stuff it's the institution and even uh hallowed television show the crown i feel like it's kind of whole angle is that the institution of the monarchy is affecting and tumbling and cannonballing these just individuals who are doing the best they can in these weird and crazy ways. Mm. And and institutions institutions make monsters of us all, you know. Maybe not monsters, yeah, but sure. I mean they make Prince Phillips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even now, I feel a little like affection for Prince Philip after watching That's the show. That's only because there was the series where Matt Smith played Prince Philip and he's quite a charming. Oh, I didn't like him when Matt Hubble. Smith was playing him. Oh, I really? like him now that there's the older dude. I don't know who the older dude oh, is. Oh, I don't think I've watched it. I just um, really love Doctor Who, so. Oh, yeah, I forgot he was a Doctor mm. Who. Maybe I would have been more charmed by him if I had watched Doctor Who. But, yeah, like, sure, it's – and that's the fascinating thing about it. It's just like this – tradition this kind of like institution that's existed for like however many hundreds of years and is kind of now weirdly in this like modern time and how does it but it basically has no power now Mm. so what even though it's horrible and upsetting that this kind of like racism that they're alluding to would Mm. be directed towards them and part of their family and part of their milieu it's like what yeah, I don't know what effect that. I sure, don't know but what I mean, that, there is. I feel it's like it's not like there were public comments. They're just like, yeah, your and uncle being a dick at Christmas. But I think there's a lot to be said. I mean, you know, jump over to politics in Australia right now, mm. and there is a lot to be said for if you're a public figure, whether thrust upon you or hungrily sought, mm. like uh, <laughs> a Christian Porter's apparent rise. Um, <laughs> ravenous uh, like, appetite ra- for power. Ravenous appetite for power. <laughs> um, being being a public figure like that does come with certain standards of role modelling for the rest of society. We're currently grappling with ways yes. of holding our public figures and politicians in Australia up to those and yeah. what, what it looks like and where the boundary for that is and where it, what it looks like to address and hold those people to account. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, 
very different, but the royal family are public figures and I think the question is, well, they should be being held to high standards because they are role models for society. Yeah, totally. And, I mean, there's already been... Yeah, recently just been so many gross scandals associated with the royal family, like Prince yeah, Andrew totally. and Jeffrey Epstein which, stuff, which I've exactly. forgotten about. So the kind of the so transparency revolting. and, you know, in this interview, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know, here I am it. defending an Oprah interview, but I don't know, <laughs> real, real, real into it. But, um, but transparency, yeah. you know, maybe there's something for that. Maybe. I just, I suppose I'm curious about, yeah, like I wonder what they, what they thought would be achieved by it what they're hoping mm. what their hopes are because it's kind of certainly like, i mean making those things is public. it very practical like i mean we've talked about the one thing that is brought up is the effects of the uh the toxic culture within the royal family mm. but the other thing is the effects of the to- toxic culture of media and celebrity and the paparazzi mm. um so maybe one theory is that by sating that hunger with a controlled mm. and gripping interview holds the wolves at bay. Mm. But also holds that to account, sort of like tackling paparazzi celebrity culture with celebrity culture. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. So I wonder. Yeah, I'm like not a I've, celebrity, so it's hard to say. It's, it's hard to say. I, yeah, like I wonder what it'll mean for whether all this stuff will culminate in like an apocalypse for the royal family. And it certainly does make me wonder what will happen when this queen dies. Yeah. Did you know Prince Philip's going to be 100 this year? Yes, I did. He is Because I keep so hearing the news stories old. about how he's in hospital and he's yeah, 99. Yeah, it's crazy. The queen is in her 90s. 158 or something. <laughs> Looks great. Yeah, like I wonder what will happen great when for a she leaves. You know, she's been there for however long. 382 years. Yeah, she's been holding it together for quite Sorry, a while. Sorry, it's COVID. Time has just like yeah, become elastic. Time soup. Yeah, like I wonder then, and then it'll be Charles. And so, Charles will just be like, pew, pew, you here you go, Wills. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, I just wonder whether this sort of stuff is enough to kind of like bring forth an apocalypse for this institution that has been there for so long. I feel I like know. maybe we could become newly fledged um, close monarchy watchers. Let's um, do that. Obviously, I mean, you have a mug already. I do. I have Is a, it a Harry commemorative Harry and it's Harry and Meghan. It's not Will and Kate. Mug. No, but I have got a commemorative Di and Charles. Oh, really? Uh, wedding teacup yeah. as well. Well, you should watch this season of only the Crown. It's all about Diana. Yeah, so it's great. Okay. Um, one of the huge bombshells that came out of the interview with Oprah was that Kate made Meghan cry. On the day of her wedding, <gasps> there was some sort of that. conflict regarding flower girls. No. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like every wedding that's ever happened, right? <laughs> it does. See, A moment of like normalcy for the royal family. I mean, I was, like, making you weep on your I wedding. I know about the flower girls at my wedding. Yeah. Was, yeah. Anyway, so watch this space, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about, I mean... We have talked about the apocalypse of the patriarchy as performed in our Australian parliament Mm. um, this week in relation to the terrible stories that have been coming out about Christian Porter and staffers and And responses to that or lack of responses there and how do we come to terms with those responses or challenge them or accept them or what do we do? How do we cope with this 
Attorney General, who frankly has such an evil-looking face, I have to say. He has, like, the face of Voldemort. That's really true. Yeah. It's yeah, just I mean, so angular. Kind of a Picasso in mm, itself. Yeah. But, look, there are other reasons apart from people's looks to... Judge them. To judge them, <laughs> whether in the courts of law or not. <laughs> I... What's your vibe on this? I feel so... I feel... There's s- just a lot happening around it, hey? There's a lot happening. I feel super jaded and cynical. I I don't feel... I We were talking about this before and I was kind of hinting that I certainly don't feel that this, to me, is an emerging... Like, the feeling that I'm having is not that these incidents are... Or that the airing of these incidents are creating a groundswell of accountability mm. and, and bringing down some of these structures... However, my kind of jaded cynicism hopefully can be disproven. Like I felt this sadness in sort of seeing, you know, the leader of the country double down on not acting on Mm. these, you know, what's emerging as a really toxic culture and not sort of seeing it as a reason to have a real rethink of what's going on. But, you know, there is now going to be an inquiry led by the Sex Discrimination Commissioner into the culture of Parliament right, House. Kate okay. Jenkins is going to be leading that. So that, hmm. like, that is happening and she has spoken publicly saying that she feels as though this is a moment for Australia yeah, to sure. kind of like, and then there's these March for Justice events happening yeah. which are kind of like this more, I guess, sort of like grassroots organic calls for accountability as well and I do feel like even though there's not really anything that can happen with these latest allegations against Christian Porter because the woman has passed away but I mean I do feel like his position is completely untenable and it Mm. would be bonkers for the Liberal Party to keep him on going into an election this year yeah so I feel like he will end up being like a casualty of this yeah um, and I guess ultimately this isn't about most importantly, obviously, about Christian Porter and his career. Mm. It's about what we as a community want to do going forward when such things happen mm. yeah. again and and whether we think it's okay and whether whether these moments lead us to behave differently in the future. Yeah. And maybe, maybe they do. Maybe, maybe my do. cynicism is poorly placed and and you know and I was saying before reflecting before that there's such there's a lot of media and there's a lot of movies and television shows Mm, um, that have been coming out over the past few months really and probably a bit like me too-ish and then you know production time things coming out now that are really tackling this the topic of of, yeah so there's films like Promising Young Woman there's TV shows like unbelievable Mm. um there's quite an array of things that have come out that's covered the spectrum of genres and audience appeal from like quite art housey to quite unbelievable being like a pretty mainstream um Mm. police procedural Mm -hmm. um that are normalizing conversations about sexual assault women's experiences of that and and Mm. being believed or not which is literally the conversation we're having now about what's going mm, on in our parliaments. Yeah, totally. So anyway, the very long-winded roundabout point of that is to perhaps question whether my cynicism about there not being a groundswell is is in fact valid because stories like that come out and then people feel able to raise experiences mm. that they've had that are similar. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I think your cynicism is well placed because there's been 
literally tens of thousands of years of a patriarchy to this point yeah. and we haven't yet reached its apocalypse. But and I guess like we knows? all thought Me Too was going to bring down the patriarchy and of course it didn't. But I mean, it did a lot of stuff. It mm. brought down a lot of dudes. Yeah, that's and true. And it really made... It brought down some patriarchies. It brought down some individual factums of patriarchy. Yeah. And it definitely like... Yeah, it definitely made that type of behaviour, like the silence around that type of behaviour mm. and the silence of that kind of abusive power, like yeah. I just feel like doesn't exist really anymore yeah. um, in the same way that it used to. And, yeah. yeah, like even in Australia, obviously there's been the Christian Porter stuff and the stuff happening in Parliament House, but then there's also been this recent survey of young women, their experience in schools mm. as well, where there's been thousands of stories that have come out yeah. about that. So I feel like there's this sort of momentum around, I don't know. Yeah. And yet we still have this, like, old white dude as our national leader mm. who hasn't even read the letter yeah. detailing these allegations against his attorney general and still feels it's okay to say, no, you know. Yeah, even Bronwyn Bishop thought that was weird and but, she tends to. Oh, my God, and she's not Bronwyn absolutely. Bishop. What am I trying to say? Julie Bishop. Julie Bishop. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Bron. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Bronwyn. Anyway. Remember the stuff about the helicopter? Oh, my God, what a great story. (laughs) It was such a great story. Yeah, anyway, we are running out of time. Yeah, we're running out of time. I will be interested to see whether this becomes a bit of a tipping point. Yep. Yeah. It's one apocalypse that I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, great. And in the meantime, vaccines, COVID-19 started rolling out. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah. We will all be getting them soon. I find it really upsetting when they refer to it as a jab just makes it seem oh. really aggressive. I have an, uh, I mean, I know saying, that turn oh, yeah, of phrase, but jab. I feel like I haven't been hearing it on the There's been a lot of that. Radio National, the only form of media <laughs> content that I really take in on a regular basis. Um, yep. All right. Well, time to go. This has been Apocalypse Live and I've been Alex. I'm Heather. And I guess we'll do a mixtape next week. Yeah. Another one of those. That'll be fun. So tune in. Bye. All right. Good night. <laughs>